for the mom with her hands full and only a few minutes to spare here and there. Put your hand on your chest. Take a deep breath. You're doing better than you think you are. I want you to delight in these ordinary, often mundane days of motherhood, rooted in confidence about how you are raising and speaking to and nurturing your kids. Peace starts with you. So let's create peaceful safe havens for our kids to grow in. It's never too late. And the fact that you are here speaks volumes of the amazing mom that you are and desire to be. Hello, and welcome back to the Peace Starts With You podcast. I have the sweetest poem to open up today's episode with. It really has nothing to do with what I'm going to share, but I stumbled across it earlier today and I love it. It's by Tess Gunnery. If you don't follow her, you should. I have a couple of her poems framed in my bedroom. Just the sweetest reminders. But this is basically like a motherhood monologue. And it's about a mom and her daughter, which may just seem super sweet to me because I have a little girl. I'm, I'm 18 weeks this week, I think. 18 weeks pregnant with our little girl. But I really feel like even if you have all boys, that this perspective on motherhood is just so sweet. So it says, if I choose to always grow, maybe she will bloom like a wildflower. If I make art of my every day, she too will make her days full of color. If I let tears fall and always when they need, maybe she'll water the earth with an open heart. If I'm clumsy, crazy, and all about her dad, beautiful, crazy love is what her heart will search for. If I let him forever romance me in the wake of the day, she will forever know no less. If I say I'm sorry, even when it's hard, maybe she'll be quick to forgive others. If I choose to speak life in vibrant and rich colors, beige words will never be taught. If I leave pretty love notes handwritten on every wall, affirmations will line the depth of her soul. If I choose the uncomfy and forever shake up my ways, maybe she too will fight to live life bold and brave. If I make time to be alone and make dreaming paramount and to my work. She'll know that solitude is important and should always have its place. If I look in the mirror and speak kind and gentle words, she too will forever know her worth. If I fill our house with flowers, music, and sweet loving scents, maybe the silhouette of home will always be warmth. If our front door is always open to those who are in need, she'll learn the golden purpose of life. If I pray out loud and have real conversations with God, maybe she'll move mountains with her voice. If I tell her I love her a million times a day, maybe, just maybe, she'll learn that even in my flaws, my lack, and even in my mistakes, I gave her my entire heart. I love everything about that. And I feel like it sums up so much about what we talk about and just getting to this place in motherhood where you're confident. And because of that confidence and how you approach everything, there is so much joy and so much peace and so much love and laughter and light. And so I hope that that was just like a sweet poem to open up today's episode. But what I really want to talk about is communication and cultivating good communication skills within our kids. I feel like I am in this season of having to teach my kids communication. And obviously that's like, I'm like, why would I not talk about this? I'm like literally living this. It feels like every day I'm reminding my boys 
to communicate with each other, to communicate with me, there was an instance where the boys, Kai was talking to my sister, they call her Nini, on the phone, and he needed help. And so Dax was like, I'll help you. And so he gave Dax the phone. Well, then I guess he changed his mind and wanted the phone back. And Dax, before he gave the phone back, wanted to at least say goodbye. And Kai was screaming to the point where Dax couldn't even say goodbye. And all I caught, the last little glimpse of that, was Dax with his hand in Kai's face, pushing him down. And I was just like, Dax! And I, you know, ran over there and I grabbed the phone. I hung up so my sister didn't have to like listen to more chaos. And I grabbed Kai. He was really upset. And, you know, it's so easy in that moment to want to send our kids to their room and make them feel shame because we're so frustrated. Like part of this whole thing is us controlling our emotions, just like we're teaching our kids to control their emotions. So I gave him a place to communicate. And I said, Dax, what happened? What's going on? And he just said, mom, I was trying to help Kai. And he basically, everything I just shared, he laid out for me. And Kai changed his mind and I wanted to say goodbye to Nini and Kai was screaming so I couldn't say goodbye. And so in in a moment of frustration, he was mad and upset and he was crying and in tears. And he, you know, reacted in that way. He didn't know how else to handle his you know, frustration. And so instead of, you know, shaming him and sending him to his room and making him just feel bad, just reminding him of like, hey, I know how that feels to feel frustrated. I know exactly how you feel. But even when you feel like that, we have to figure out a way for you to have some self-control and handle it a little bit different. Because obviously now it's been five minutes, we're trying to calm everyone down, everyone's still upset, The phone's hung up and so trying to get him to grasp like how many tears we can avoid, how much we can accomplish just by first communicating. And it's so hard. It's something that they can't grasp right away, but surely we can be teaching them this even from a very young age. And so just walking through like, hey, what are some ways, like how else could we have handled that? And letting him talk and kind of going back and forth of like saying, hey, you could have given the phone to Kai and then come and got me and said, hey, mom, I I really need your help. Or you could have put the phone down and just said, Kai, I want to say goodbye to Nini. And when I'm done, I will hand the phone right back to you. And so just a couple of ways to communicate that with Kai, because Kai is actually really good when we communicate with him, when Dax communicates with him, like today we were swinging on the tire swing and Dax wanted to get on and he was just going to jump right on. And I said, Dax, 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 wait a second, ask Kai. And so he said, Kai, can I get on? And kind of rushed and Kai was like, no. And I just said, okay, Dax, after a second, I said, ask him again. And he said, Kai, can I please get on? And Kai looked at him and he said, yeah. And so he totally changed his mind. But I feel like that was such a good teaching moment for Dax to just communicate. Like when you explain something to Kai of why you want to do something or what you want to happen, he is usually responds in a really good way. And so there was another instance where Dax scratched Kai so hard, literally drew blood. And I, oh, it's so frustrating But again, I said, Dax, what happened? And in a moment of frustration, Kai had just scratched him. He scratched him right back. And so, I mean, 
what a typical response from a six-year-old. Like someone scratches me, I'm frustrated, I'm pissed off, I'm going to scratch you back. And so that is when I wake up in the morning and my intention, I remind myself, is my intention is to teach. And so that is like such a great teaching moment to cultivate more communication skills and sharing with Dax. Like so actually this morning, Dax was awake. It was just me and him. I was making my tizzy. And out of the blue, he looks at me and says, Mom, you want to know why I don't like Kai? And I'm like, hit me with it and he goes he always tries to bite me and he scratches me and he screams in my face and I just don't like him and so we had this great conversation about how Dax used to be too and right before he turned two, how he bit Jet and how he went through this season of just wanting to hit me and how we were able to teach him and guide him with grace and love and So just getting him to realize, hey, you were two once. Every two-year-old goes through this season. Jet went through it too. And now you're six and Kai's two. And so it's our, we can teach him so that way he doesn't keep doing it. So really just showing Dax that he can teach Kai so much and not obviously putting that pressure on him. But every time something like that happens, walking him through, hey, we cannot handle it like this. And what are some better ways we can handle it? And, you know, oftentimes he is so sweet to Kai and Jet. And so not getting hung up on these moments where he does make a mistake. And he always knows it. He always feels sad and remorseful. And so teaching him that he can own up to those mistakes and, you know, move on from there and know how to make it right. So I want to share five tips to cultivate good communication skills in our kids because no matter the age, communication is such an important skill. And learning effective communication is a crucial part of our kids' development. So one, listen to understand. I think oftentimes we listen to respond. And instead, if we can listen to understand rather than listen to respond, our kids basically want to know that we understand them, that we're listening to them, that no matter how big, how small the event may seem to us, that we know it's important to our kids. And because of that, it's important to us. And we want our kids to feel free to speak because this builds their confidence and esteem as they are learning to communicate. And it can also build this foundation for future conversations as they get older. Another one, number two, Get on their level. So when that whole thing happened with Dax pushing Kai's face down, I ran over there. I was obviously upset, but I didn't stay standing. I got down on the floor on their level and made eye contact, showing them that, hey, I'm here. I'm listening. I'm paying attention. What happened? It builds connection. And, you know, when we are on their level, it's less intimidating. So they can actually listen and comprehend. And then on top of that, giving them some gentle guidance about how they can make a better choice next time. And obviously there are some instances where there is bad behavior and it needs to be addressed. But if we can do this and deliver it in a way that leaves our kids with a positive outlook, it's so important because it's going to prepare them for how they're going to manage negative conversations in the future. So when we deliver negative feedback, we have to always make sure that we are leaving our kids with a positive outlook on themselves, on the situation. Hey, everybody makes mistakes. I've made tons of mistakes. We got to figure out a way so that we don't make the same mistakes over and over and over again. Number three, acknowledging their feelings. You know, communication is developed 
when someone expresses how they feel. So when our kids open up, acknowledging it and not dismissing it. Hey, stop crying. Oh, don't be silly. Like that can make our kids feel invalidated and it's 100% going to make them bottle up their emotions and not want to share. So we have to keep these lines of communication open and empathize with them and understand and acknowledge, hey, I know how you feel. Hey, I've been there. I've totally felt that way before. And this is going to allow them to share without a fear of judgment. They're going to feel heard. They're going to feel understood. And I feel like I want my boys to always know that no matter what, they can come to me, that I'm going to listen and be there. I'm never going to put them down or make them feel bad for something that they're feeling. Like their feelings are valid. Number four, controlling your response. Oh, this is the hardest one. I feel like this is ever since I became a mom, this is something that I've had to work on. And you know, kids do things. They say things that literally make you so upset. Like they can provoke an emotional response from you and you can do things that you're like, I can't even, I would never want anyone to like see that side of me. But this positive communication with our kids, it relies so much on how we control our emotions. So easily we can say things that we regret later. And then we have to come back and, you know, reestablish that connection and remind our kids like, hey, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I was frustrated. And there is learning to be done in those moments. But if we can control our emotions right off the bat, basically that's what we're expecting from our kids when they have a meltdown or they get mad or they push their sibling or they get frustrated. Like they're doing the same things when we lose our control of our emotions we're basically doing what they're, we're expecting them not to do. And so us as the parents, you know, controlling strong outbursts and remaining calm, especially when there's bad behavior. I often tell Dax like, hey, if you see me getting frustrated, if you see me kind of like steam coming out of my ears, you say, hey mom, take a deep breath, count to four. Um, I think I've shared this on another podcast and we don't really do this with Dax anymore, but I love the Daniel Tiger song. Like if you're feeling mad, like you want to roar, take a deep breath and count to four. One, two, three, four. So if you have little kids, that's a great song. But I tell Dax, I'm like, Dax, remind mom. And I love showing him like, hey, I am not perfect. No one is perfect. And, you know, we're all learning and we're all growing and we all can give each other grace as we do that and get better. Last one is be clear. When we're talking to our kids, being clear with our instruction and confident when we're delivering it. The way that we speak to our kids not only reflects our character, we're leading by example. Our kids are going to imitate the behavior that they see. The way we speak to our kids not only reflects our character, but also leads by example. Like our Children are going to imitate the behavior that they see. Be assertive when communicating, and your kid is going to learn to be assertive when they're communicating. And that, like, obviously, lead by example. That's going to be on so many things we talked about today and in other episodes. The delivery of our communication is so important for mutual respect. And I listened to a great podcast. I cannot remember. A friend sent it to me. I can't remember what podcast it was. But there was a guest speaker and his name, I remember his name because I looked up his books on Amazon, but his name is David Thomas. And he wrote a book called Wild Things, The Art of Nurturing Boys. And after I listened to this hour-long podcast, I was like, I think I want to get this book. Like, 
everything he shared, there were so many good nuggets in there. He has another book, Raising Emotionally Strong Boys. So I haven't really, I haven't looked into him much as a person. Um, I just listened to this one podcast and he shared something on there that said like, boys specifically have like a one track mind. So when we're giving them all these instructions and go get your shoes on, go figure out what you want for breakfast, make your bed, brush your teeth. We give them this long list of things to do. And then five minutes later, we find them aimlessly walking around the house and we are like so mad. Well, with boys, because they have a one track mind, it can often be so much more beneficial to give them one thing at a time. Hey, go get your shoes on and then meet me in the kitchen. And then from there, we give them another tasks. So I think that goes right alongside with being clear. So five tips when cultivating communication with our kids. Listen to understand, get on their level, acknowledge their feelings, control your response, and be clear. So hopefully that's really helpful. And hopefully those like real life examples, I probably could do a hundred on here, but hopefully those are helpful too. And I want to end with just a couple quotes from Brene Brown, but I feel like she talks so much about shame and I feel like building our kids up and filling them with just confidence and showing them they are capable of making better choices and guiding them and teaching them has so much to do with the way we communicate with them. And so she says in a quote, shame corrodes the very part of us that believes we are capable of change. And so just recognizing that and showing our kids like, hey, I believe that you are capable of doing this and not making them feel shameful for some of the mistakes that they make. Another one I love is perfectionism is a self-destructive and addictive belief system that fuels this primary thought. If I look perfect and do everything perfectly, I can avoid or minimize the painful feelings of shame, judgment, and blame. So cool that we get to raise our kids in an atmosphere and environment where they know that they can make mistakes, they are still loved, and we will be there to support and guide them and see them through to the other side. And I just, oh, it's so good. And then lastly, she says, healthy striving is self-focused. How can I improve? Perfectionism is others-focused. What will they think? I feel like a lot of us adults are just, you know, we're always worried, what what are they going to think of me? Am I good enough? Am I worthy? And so teaching our kids like to have this mindset of how can I improve? How can I be better? How does this feel when I do something like this? Do I feel good? Do I feel bad? So I feel like all those quotes go so hand in hand with good communication skills. So I hope this builds your confidence in communicating with your kids and just shows you how important it is. I hope you have a great week and I hope you realize that peace starts with you. 